So you're welcome to season two, episode 25 of Rebel Yell. My name is ever is Kevin Galvin. No David Kent this week, unfortunately, but I am joined by Between the Stripes reporter and uh, God, Kieran, Kieran Burke. Kieran's been around the league as long as I can remember uh, covering the league up there in Longford. And sometimes it's been a long old slog, but um, Kieran, as you're saying to me, this Saturday or this Friday has been switched from Saturday to Friday. We talked about that in a second, but this Friday's cup game now against Cork City is a real occasion for the club. And uh, along for Town side, there are you know they've won their last five, so five, even five or six out of their last seven, if you want to put it that way. So they're on a brilliant run at the moment. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Kevin. Um, yeah, there's a fantastic buzz around the club and the town at the moment. I have to say, it's something I haven't experienced in. Uh, a good few years now I'm following Longford Town a lot of people that even you wouldn't see at matches on a regular basis have been coming in to me and they've been asking about certain players obviously Dylan McGlade is a name on everyone's lips at the moment but uh, Ed Irvin a local player has really caught the eye this season um, there's just a good a good feel around the club Neil Fenn has really changed things since he came in last season not just his style of football on the pitch but in terms of getting out there and spreading the name along for town, he's going out into the community, something that hasn't happened for, for many, many years. I'd, I'd, I'd say I'd go back as far as Stephen Kenny's time at the club was the last time there's been such a strong bond between the, the supporters and, and the club itself. So, uh, yeah, positive feeling going into this uh, Friday night. But uh, as you said there, it's more of an occasion. And I spoke to Neil Fenn today for, for our own podcast, and that'll be aired tomorrow night. Uh, he was saying that, yes, it's a fantastic occasion for the club, but the game for Longford is next Friday's trip to Drogheda in uh, what basically a, a showdown for the final promotion playoff spot in the first division. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a point between the... and uh, There was a time there, I think he lost to Galway a couple of weeks ago, and he, I remember even you saying, you know, it's a shambles and, you know, we should really be in and around the playoff places. Um, I don't know what's going wrong. And then all of a sudden, you know, I think it was you'd, you'd five defeats and six, and then you win five on the bounce. So, I mean, apart from McGlade, it can't be just all him. Um, what else has kind of changed in terms of the last couple of weeks for Longford? Because obviously, we never get to see you play. Well, it definitely wasn't me that called it a shambles. Because, uh, <laughs> the very start of this season, I said that uh, fourth spot would be, that would be what Longford would be aiming for when you looked at the budget we've had in previous years when we've done well in the first division and going back to 2014 when we won it under Tony Cousins I mean the calibre of player we had then the likes of Stephen Rice Mark Salmon Pat Sullivan Davey O'Sullivan it was a, a who's who really a Pat Flynn as well so when you look at the squad we have now it's a lot younger squad so, so Neil Fenn has taken him a while to come in there and get his style of play going so he's done very well to get us into a position now with two games left that we can still secure a playoff spot and our momentum is coming now just at the right time as you mentioned six wins in the last seven there so if Longford can go to draw the next week and I think maybe a point might do it there because you're looking at UCD coming to Longford on the final day of the season you're hoping from a Longford point of view they'll have the title already wrapped up and they might be on their holidays a little bit Longford get a win there they're in the playoffs and all of a sudden they're the most informed team in those playoffs so it's been a good season for Longford but uh, you're asking me what's changed uh, since that poor on the form we had, well, McGlade has been the big thing. He's been a key performer all season, but he's really added a uh, finishing touch to his game of late. He's always been a sickly player with a lot of tricks, but um, in recent weeks, he's just really found an eye for goal. Um, also, the addition of Jamie Doyle to the team, he came in from Shelburne during the, the mid-season break. Um, with Sam Bird now injured, we've been lacking a target man, and Doyle has just added real physicality to that forward line gives Longford the option to switch it, go along at times uh, as opposed to just always playing it on the deck and um, a lot of sides are coming to City Collins Stadium this season in the first division and they're sitting very deep and trying to frustrate Longford so to have the option of Doyle there is uh, fantastic for Neil Fenn. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a fantastic record that that McGlade has. It's it was a thirteen goals in twenty five league games for Longford, and um, like he he came in from Blythe Spartans. I know he'd spent some time in the league before, but uh, did did Fen never tell you kind of how that came about? Or it's, it's a strange one, a strange one actually, because McGlade was with Longford last season under Alan Matthews, and he was absolutely atrocious. Right. Uh, just Matthews would not have been the sort of manager to to, to bring the best out of Dylan. Dylan is a very much a confidence player. Uh, whereas I think you probably know yourself from Alan's time at Cork he's a very direct long ball kind of style manager um, when Dylan went away to England then he, he probably improved physically he probably learned a little bit about himself as a player uh, Neil Fenn brought him back and I know myself and my co-host John we were speaking to Neil after he had signed Dylan back and we said what are you doing bringing this lad back to the club uh, and Neil Fenn said that you know he, he reckoned he could make a player of this lad and, and my god he's proven us right yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I know that your um, Kieran Maluli of of RT News is kind of highlighting it, and I know some people were kind of um, disagreeing with maybe his choice of words in terms of how he presented the League of Ireland. But I mean, even that goal that he that he had up, I think it was in uh, last week's win, um, yeah. where he just we waltzed through. I I don't know how many Cavendish players before sticking it to the back of the net. As you say, he's a confidence player, and by God, does even even when you look at players in the Premier Division, there's very few players who are capable of doing something like that. Yeah, you were just shouting at him to hit the ball, hit the ball, put it in the net. But I think Dylan had it in his own mind. He knew exactly what he was going to do. He was the only one that probably had that picture and that vision in his head to sit one key- one player down with a Cruyff tar and then drag it round the goalkeeper, drag it round another defender, drag it round a sliding tackle and then stick it in with his left foot. It was uh, an incredible goal. I mean, I've been going out to Longford Town games for 15 years now and I've seen very few finishes to a game like that on, on Saturday night. Longford 2 it up and cruising against Cabinteely in a game they simply had to win. Next thing, refereeing decisions as they've gone all season went against Longford. Cabinteely get a goal back. Then they score again, but the flag goes up for offside. Longford are hanging on, hanging on by a thread in the last couple of moments. And you're thinking, oh no, here we go again. Longford are going to throw it away, throw away their promotion chances. And out of nowhere, McGlay goes and scores two goals in the space of less than a minute. Um, 4-1 was the final scoreline, but what a finish to the game and, and that's the sort of momentum I'm talking about now going into this Friday's game against Cork Yeah as you say that kind of kicked him off I mean he's six goals in three games which is a phenom- including a hat-trick against Cavan last weekend which is a, a phenomenal scoring record and you look at this City defence who you know really coughed up two easy goals against Derry I'm sure you probably saw the highlights in yeah. terms of your research for the game Mark Penulty making two mistakes in that he's, he's kind of low in confidence and um, questions about Damien Delaney um, you know, questions about Shane Griffin at left back so it's not like um, McGlade is coming into a Cork City or coming into face Cork City team that's, that's really high in confidence and he, it's a defence that can certainly be got at Yeah it's hard to know from a Longford point of, point of view what the best way to tackle this back four would be as you said they're low on confidence McNulty is having an atrocious season by his standards um, from what I've seen anyway from Cork's games uh, you've mentioned Delaney there he doesn't look to have settled at all for Cork um, but when you think of Cork you always think of a good strong back four and quite physical so a long ball approach from Longford maybe mightn't work but as I said they have the ability to mix it up and play a nice ball down the corner and in McGlade on one wing and Mina on the other uh, and two full backs as well Chambers and Hopkins who are very very pacey players very tricky with their feet as well um, there's certainly some different approaches Longford can take yeah, and I suppose the thing is as well that obviously City have played in Longford now they, they seem to perennially draw each other in the cup but obviously the Rebel Army having the best of the last God, I, I even when I go through the list here and going back to 2015 back in the Premier Division uh, you know, it's hard the to find The only result I can remember would have been Longford winning 3-2 uh, down in Turner's Cross uh, I think it might have been 2015 I'm right Yeah, 
in October 2015, but yeah. since then it's been 6-0, 3-0, 4-1, 5-2, 4-1 then in last year's um, Cup quarter final, where I think actually Campion got on the scoreline um, and one of his very few goals for, for Cork. So actually, sorry, it was Shepherd with two, Johanna one, sadly, or one, uh, Robbie Williams with his own goal. So um, it will take a lot, I suppose, for, for Longford to, to cause what you say would be a massive upset. Um, but what what's the feeling about Cork? You might obviously you you follow them a bit closer with the whole Dundalk connection that you have. You've probably seen them play a bit more than your average Longford fan. But what what's the kind of feeling around the ground? Does there a feeling that you know we could take these guys? They're not playing well, or is there more a feeling of you know twice cup you know champions uh, defending champions and it's going to be really really tall order? Well, just from my own perspective and point of view on things. Um, as you mentioned, I have a, a very strong Dundalk connection, and I was at the President's Cup game at the very start of the year, and I was so so excited when I seen this Cork side. I mean, Dundalk dominated the first half of that game, and then in the second half, the only word I can use to describe Cork was explosive. Just running at the Dundalk back four, uh, Shepherd came on, absolutely tore his ma- his marker to pieces, uh, and there were some great performances from a lot of core players that day and I was so excited for the title race that was ahead but ever since then I've just been so disappointed by Cork's approach um, obviously the European games I know they were up against it in terms of the calibre of opposition but I just felt they went out and never gave it a go at all and uh, I know from speaking to a lot of Cork fans there's a lot of questions about maybe the, the mentality and the approach of John Caulfield and I'd certainly have my own uh, doubts about him in that regard but from a longer point of view from speaking to supporters speaking to players speaking to, to Neil Fenn himself I think everyone knows this is a free crack for Longford. They're going out there. There's no pressure on them. There's no expectation. Um, but if they could pull something off, it'd be an unbelievable cup killing of all proportions. So uh, it's an exciting prospect for Longford. Yeah, but how how much of an impact does the change to Friday night make? Obviously, the supporters club had um, a piece. I think it's in is it this Friday's or is the last last Saturday's program that they were talking about the kind of you know that that Longford obviously the game is switched, which has a big effect on your gate. Um, I suppose it throws people out of their normal routine which can affect crowds as well and, and, and then you don't get a cent of compensation about it and I know that you referenced the Shamrock Rovers case where they were kind of refused TV coverage but I suppose for a club that, that gets it so little in, within, with TV coverage as we know ourselves from our time the first division is non-existent um, it's very hard for a club to try and turn that down and try and turn that publicity opportunity down isn't it? Yeah, well, as far as I know, under the, the agreement they have with the FBI, the clubs have no right to turn down the coverage, so that was never even on the cards. And your reference in the Shamrock Rovers case from three years ago, and it, it's quite unbelievable, I suppose, not surprising, considering we all know the FBI's approach on these things, that nothing has changed in the space of three years uh, since Rovers released that statement and, and sent a letter to RT saying they didn't want any more games covered. And within three weeks, they had uh, the TV cameras back at Tala. But from uh, a longer perspective, I don't think it will affect our home gate greatly. Uh, I know now I have a couple of friends who can't make it and a lot of them would be Dublin based or based away from Longford and that's kind of the the supporter that you're that might be affected by the move to Friday night. But in terms of our general base of supporters I don't think it'll be a great um disadvantage. But certainly from a Cork perspective I imagine mm. the the travelling crowd will be greatly reduced and obviously Longford are gonna have to split the gate with Cork as well. Sixty forty would have been a cup game, so uh that's um a good chunk of cash gone for Longford straight away there. Yeah, and also I suppose for Cork City, if you're if you're talking about that split gate for forty percent, now I know, obviously, um, you know margins and and what it means to to City in terms of with their European money and what it means to Longford, um, it means it means an awful lot more. But I mean, we can remember times where we were scrapping, we we didn't have home games for X amount of weeks, and we're really scrapping down there, and there's a real sense here of empathy 
with Longford in terms of how difficult it can be in the first division and and how much this affects it. And you know, it, it again brings up that point, like talk about the Premier League and La Liga and all of the sort of negotiating that goes on and the money that's that that goes into TV money. And then you talk about the sort of prize money that you get in the League of Ireland, and that's TV money included. It's it's just crazy. Yeah, I mean, I had um, someone come into work today to me, and they just happened to be a Scottish football fan, and got chatting to them, and they were asking about the League of Ireland, and they were just asking about the TV deals because they were complaining about the you know the lack of money they get in Scotland and how they're not able to compete with the Premiership. When I told him that it actually cost League of Ireland clubs money to be on television, he was astounded. And then when I told him about the prize money, been only a hundred thousand for our league winners. He simply couldn't believe it. So I suppose when you consider the success Dundalk have had in Europe back in 2016, Rovers before that, and obviously Cork have got through a couple of rounds over the last couple of years, we probably are punching well above our weight um, in regards to, to the back end. And without a benefactor of clubs like Dundalk have now with P6, uh, like a couple of other League of Ireland clubs have, you really have no chance in Europe. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even if you look at it there, like uh, when you talk about the first division, uh, Longford currently in fourth place. If you could beat Drada um, next week and you guarantee that fourth place, that's ten and a half grand is what you get, which is less than most people win on a Saturday night in a game show. And you know, I mean, you're talking about sustaining wages, you're talking about paying rent, you're talking about upkeep. You know, the, all that goes into to paying for a League of Ireland club, and then at the end of the season, and a very, what is what is obviously a slightly shortened season, but will be extended if you're in the playoffs, ten and a half grand. I can't imagine that goes very far. No, and I mean the uh, the participation fee you have to pay is 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 much higher than that, as far as I'm aware. Uh, I know it's it's slightly less for first division clubs than it is for Premier Division clubs, but you're still at a loss, which which is unacceptable. I don't think you'd find that in any other league that's run in a professional manner. Mm, absolutely, but you're talking about that occasion, I suppose. You know, you'll have your section, oh, I know, or and and there, there'll be there'll be a big crowd there. So I suppose the hope for for Longford Town is. You know, in a weekend that kind of is is short on um, sporting action, particularly with the you know the end of the the, the GA Championship, which I know is I know there's a kind of championship going on around Longford as well in terms of uh, football. But you hope that people in the local area see them, you know, see Longford playing against um, a city team that have played against Rosenberg and against Legia Warsaw, against the like, and potentially turn them over and you know might encourage a couple of people out because. There's nothing, you know, nothing brings people out to grounds quicker than than a bit of success. Yeah, I mean exposure to a new, uh, to a new audience. That's the name of the game for Longford Town this weekend. Obviously, to turn Cork City over would be an astonishing achievement into the last four of the the FEI Cup. But Longford were in the semi final in the FEI Cup only three seasons ago, 2015, and it didn't really have a major impact on the club. I know they brought maybe 250 fans to Warrior Park, which would be quite a large travelling support when you consider. Longford's home crowd, I think the average this season is about maybe 500. So, but but in terms of a, a long-term effect, it, it didn't really mean a lot. So promotion is the goal. That's the that's what Longford need to focus on. Uh, I'm sure the players will give it their best this weekend. But uh, the game in Drogheda is certainly where the focus is. Yeah, absolutely. And just just speaking about kind of going back to that Drogheda thing in terms of Neil Fenn, um, you know, Alan Matthews kind of. Came in, came out. Um, obviously, had a very successful time with Longford before we won two FAI Cups. Mm. But uh, you know, how do you, you know, you've covered you've covered Fenn now in, in the job in Longford. I suppose it, you, it's you're almost at the end of the season. You're in a position to make a kind of a more kind of educated judgment on him. So how have you made his what is his first 
you know, because his first Cork managerial City. job. Because I know yeah. a lot of we have a connection to Cork City, and and a lot of people down here are kind of keep up very keenly with how he's getting on. So, what would you rate? What would you make of his first season? Yeah, well, obviously he came in halfway through last year uh, in the summer. Uh, there was no real pressure on him as such at that stage because Longford were well out. There was only obviously one promotion place available last season and that was Waterford who were I think 16, 17 points clear when Feng came in so there was no real pressure on him as such uh, the first thing he did was implement the style of play that has become so attractive and, and so um, well regarded down in Longford here, his, his sides even when they're losing games this season supporters have left the ground happy because it's just such entertaining football to watch, uh, he's given young players a chance, the likes of A. Durban I've mentioned already earlier on, uh, a local lad which is great, uh, Tristan Noah Kaufman another local player too so for the first time in a very, very long time, Longford fans have, have a couple of locals in the side. Uh, the likes of Carl Chambers as well have been catching the eye this season. So uh, there's a really good feel about um, the Fen era so far. Obviously, it's early days and Longford fans are hoping they're going to get an extended season this year with a, with a run in the playoffs, which could mean up to six extra games if you're going to go all the way. So it's quite a feat to try and get promoted that route. Um, but certainly, he's been a big success. As I mentioned earlier, he's doing a lot of work in terms of building a branch there and a, and a link between the supporters and the club again which was severely severed it has to be said uh, towards the end of the Tony Cousins era so uh, he's done great work on and off the field uh, and I know he takes a lot of interest as well in the underage setup at the club and uh, he wants the same style of football played all the way up from the underage teams up to the senior team which is very important so um, hopefully Longford fans will be having Neil Fenn in charge for many years to come yeah, and you mentioned style there. I mean, what is the sort of Neil Fenn style? I presume taking the ball down, passing the ball on the ground in the way that he did so brilliantly when he was playing himself. Yeah, it's all about possession. Um, most of the games this season, you look at Longford would have the vast majority of possession. But halfway through the season, there was an interesting change in tactics. Longford were starting to get frustrated in a couple of games where sides were sitting in and they were finding it hard to break down the opposition. So Fenn wanted to see his team keep the ball on the deck, bucket it forward at a quicker pace. So a direct style of play, but not a long ball style of play, if that makes sense. And um, certainly in recent games, that's definitely been noticeable. The ball is going up to the front man a lot quicker, but it's not a, just a hope for long ball and looking for the flick on. It's getting it into his feet, getting it out to the wide players and building attacks from there. And it's uh, certainly getting the supporters on the edge of their seats. Yeah, and I'm sure that... Uh you know, a lot of Cork City fans wouldn't mind the sort of same thing themselves, kind of, um, you know, passing the ball on the deck and, and, and trying to play a bit of football, which we haven't seen a huge amount this season. But you mentioned the supporters there. Um, I suppose there are kind of two questions. I'm, you know, you'll have to humour me my, just for my own curiosity because um, often I always hear, more than any other club do I hear, about local players being the, at the forefront of it. Um, I remember watching got a, a video from years, years ago, around the turn of the millennium, um, or, or or just after the millennium, just before Longford won those two cups, when um, they were talking to local people and they're saying, "Well, I'm not going out to to flank here because there's no local players." Oh, please, please don't bring that video up. It no. makes my blood boil. That video. But but is, but is it like I mean, is that a valid reason for? And I'm not going to so much say is that a valid reason not to go to the games, but is is that an actual verifiable reason why people don't come to the games? Because well, if you remember back to that video correctly, the the chap giving that interview was wearing a Man United jersey. <laughs> yeah, in a that's right. Man United, um, yeah. so I wouldn't have uh, too much respect for that type of opinion. But 
look, there's always going to be excuses. Uh, one week it's the weather's poor, that's why I didn't go out. One week it's there's no locals on the side. Then when results aren't going well, it's simply because results aren't going well. So at the end of the day, football's a results business. We're not silly about that. When Longford are winning and playing good football, people are going to come out. Um, but I've always said for many years that the club could have done a lot more in terms of promoting the club, in terms of getting out into the community and things like that. And since Neil Fenn has come in, there's been a huge stride in that. And I'm sure if you go on online and look at the Longford social media platforms and the likes of their YouTube channel, the online presence has improved dramatically in the last couple of seasons. And that's thanks to James Donnelly, who's taken over the role of... Um, Longford Town Media uh, Manager and uh, he's done great work I mean he stays up till all hours editing highlights getting video packages together and just doing the basic things right and that's something a lot of League of Ireland clubs could do and, and uh, Longford are starting to see the results of that I know I know this season the ten- attendances are up 40% at the City College Stadium uh, so while the numbers are still quite relatively low I mean it is a small town it has its issues economically with the recession here has never really left Longford. Uh, a lot of the youngsters have left the town to work elsewhere. So mm. it's a small market you're aiming for. So the club are taking steps in the right direction and hopefully uh, occasions like Friday night will help to continue that work. Uh, I suppose you even have to look at the Bray Wanderers example in terms of how social media and how getting out a positive message can can change things. You know, they had, I think, all, was around 1,750 at their last game, which is a you know, phenomenal number considering it was... X amount of times more than what they had at the end of the at the end of the previous regime, and I, you know you mentioned on for social media. I just had a quick look on their their Facebook page, and the first thing I see is that the you know Kane, this bus company Canes Travel they're running two free buses out to the ground, yeah, um, from the Longford Arms. But it is and this is this is the kind of links me nicely into the other question I was going to ask about the Longford situation because we often hear about geography in terms of you know you know you need to build a sense of community as you say with Fen doing that but is the is the geographical location of the of the city calling stadium a slight handicap the fact that it's not kind of in the town it's not accessible by foot for people yeah it certainly is an issue and I know the club in the past looked at maybe getting a bar involved uh, getting a bar out to the ground but. Uh, just the cost of that and a lot of the the extra things that would have to be installed made it probably unviable. And then obviously with the the ground with about three kilometres outside the town, I mean a lot of people are going to have to drive out to the ground. Uh, I know there's a shuttle bus as, you, as you've mentioned this weekend, but that's certainly a one-off thing. It's it's not something that's done every uh, match day. So if a bar was there, would it really turn over that much revenue? Yeah. Um, but then on the flip side of that, when I go to the grounds like Oriel Park, Richmond Park, etc., even Turner's Cross. Parking is an absolute nightmare, and that certainly puts people off travelling to to venues like that. Whereas in Longford, you have a massive big car park there that can facilitate everyone. Uh, and I know one of the biggest uh, fundraisers the club has every bank holiday is a car boot sale out there, and uh, the queues to be miles out the road from six o'clock in the morning with people travelling from all over the country. So it has its ups and downs, but uh, it's certainly a fine facility out there. And um, the, these type of uh, things like shuttle buses, etc., can certainly help build or get over the fact that it is outside the ground. Yeah, outside the town, I should say. Yeah, absolutely. And I've seen that a lot of Cork City supporters really like visiting, and I know a lot of people will be very disappointed. Some of the people who won't be able to travel are going to be very disappointed. I'm on the flip side. I wasn't going to be able to go on the Saturday, but thankfully, now that it's just a Friday, I'm actually able to go, which probably says more about me than it does uh, about anybody else. But I suppose just, just before we leave you, Karen, and thanks so much for coming on again. It's, it's late on a Tuesday night, and we've both been kind of working all day, but. Um, we don't leave anybody, you know, off the hook 
um, in terms of a prediction. So I'm going to have to ask you to 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 go. Up the, I mean, obviously it's going to be the heart says Longford, the head says Cork. But um, words, what, what, how do you see the game breaking down on on Friday night? Well, strangely enough, any any time I have to give a prediction on my own podcast, uh, I seem to go against Longford, and we always get the results. <laughs> yeah, <the laughs> Colin Cuddy, he saw of uh, of uh, of your own podcast. Colin does the same for us. He always goes against Cork City. Yeah, so I might do the same here, but uh, just in terms of the game, obviously Longford they have a lot of injuries at the moment, and um, I know Daniel O'Reilly's going to be out suspended, so there's not a lot of rotation Neil Fang can do. So it's probably going to be a very similar, if not the same. Obviously, Bar Daniel uh, team that lined out against Cavan Teeley. Um, I was listening to Conan Byrne on the Greatest League in the World podcast and he spoke so highly of Dylan McGlade that he went as far as to saying uh, he believes that if Dylan is on his A game on Friday night he could actually be the difference between Longford and Cork City but look I'm sure John Coffey might have had someone at the game on Saturday against Cavan Healy I'm sure he would have seen and been aware of the performance of Dylan McGlade so he's going to have to find a way to shackle Dylan because uh, he has a free role in this team really he doesn't have to do defensive work he kind of roams around that final third uh, Darren Meenan likes to tuck in narrow and, and get involved as well leaving the fullbacks to, to get up there so it's certainly going to be a, an interesting tactical battle the longer Longford can keep it tight and not concede an early goal they'll grow in confidence and you'll imagine they'll have a couple of chances because they're the second highest scoring team in the first division this season and I've mentioned the threats they have in the likes of Doyle there so look it's going to be an interesting one but with the calibre of player Cork City have and after the disappointing league results you'd imagine there's going to be a reaction that Coffey's going to look for a reaction for his players um, I'm going to go with 3-1 to Cork City. Okay, I, I'm going to very sheepishly go 2-1 City. Um, I think it might be closer than that, but as as I actually agree with Conan, I listened to the, the Greatest League in the World the podcast, which is an excellent podcast, nice addition to our own too. Um, but yeah, it's just, um, I think McGlade, if, if, if he gets on the ball and if he has space to run into, I think he's going to cause serious trouble for, for our wide players. And it's just the case then if Leif Longford and Keel and somebody at the, on the end of his crosses or, um, you know, if, if McVeigh can come inside and get a shot away himself, then then he might be able to, as as Conan Byrne said, make the difference. But Kieran, thank you so much for joining us on uh, on Rebel Yell. Uh, this is episode 25 in association with the CCFC Exiles. And uh, if you're looking for a little bit of if you want to get the inside uh, scoop on uh, Longford Town and indeed uh, on the rest of the League of Ireland, it's uh, www.betweenthestripes.ie. Um, I think Kieran's podcast will be out probably the day after ours. So if you're listening and you're heading on the way up to uh, to City Calling Stadium, it's a long trip. Uh, so uh, say so yeah, I do download the two podcasts. Um, Kieran does it with uh, with John Breyer and there's two it's a fantastic uh, sort of relationship you two guys have on, on the air and it's well worth a listen so uh, Kieran thanks so much for joining us thanks very much lads